Hello and welcome to D Up Podcast. This is Louis Valletta. The Raptors defeated the Golden State Warriors. Hats off to Kawhi Leonard, the finals MVP. They did it, Canada's first championship. There are a lot of other things that went on. The NBA landscape has changed. Klay Thompson has torn his ACL. The Kevin Durant injury has also changed the landscape of the NBA. He tore his Achilles. And there's a lot more that went into that KD injury that I want to talk about. That's the story I want to lead with. Before we get to recapping the NBA Finals, let's talk about the injury that really shaped this series, and that is Kevin Durant and that Achilles injury. Notice how I'm not calling it a calf strain. That's what the Warriors had called it in that first game. And I've heard a lot of the NBA analysts say, oh, well, they just misdiagnosed him. Uh, and they misdiagnosed it at at first as a calf strain, and that's and, and KD was left in the dark about this. Well, uh, I'm I'm not here to bring you any NBA conspiracies or whatever it may be. I'm just saying there's a lot of money on the table for a guy like Kevin Durant and his agent, and Kevin Durant did not suffer just a calf strain when he went down first 33 or 35 days ago, whatever it is right now. Um, Kevin Durant most certainly had an Achilles injury to where the organization and his team was covering things up. Now, we have to start there because from that point on is where everything gets messed up. The media, the fans, analysts, everybody thinking that he had a calf strain at that point, of course, is going to want Kevin Durant back. They're they're going to, in in quotes, pressure Kevin Durant verbally, teammates, whatever it may be. I don't know who knew that he had an Achilles tear or strain or or whatever you want to diagnose. We know it's an Achilles injury. That first injury that he had, we know it's an Achilles injury. Why? Because the the motion he made when he looked back, that's only a motion you make when you ha- you you tear an Achilles. That's that's what happens. You look back and it feels like somebody hit you on the back of your heel. If you go and look at Kevin Durant's injury 35ish days ago, you will see that Kevin makes the exact the exact move by looking back and down and he's holding the bottom of his heel. At that point, Kevin Durant has an Achilles injury. Okay? Whatever calf strain nonsense that was put out there, throw that to the wind. And I said that from the very beginning. Uh, as soon as I saw it, and it turns out it proves to be true later on, but we're not to that point yet. I feel the misconception that Kevin Durant was pressured back to play 
Um, it, it's kind of, it's 50% true and 50% not untrue. Um, I, I don't know which players involved, the players as an organization, teammates, um, um, family members, team members, um, uh, you know, organization, the hierarchy. I don't know how the interdependency of, of these organizations work with their medical staff. But there are certain things that were being kept quiet, and that was for to make the availability of Kevin Durant uh, possible. Because let's face it, the Warriors were in trouble. We all knew that, and the organization, of course, wants KD back, right? And KD feeling pressure and is his, you know, the the hero in him wants to come back and play in that game five. So you throw all of this together and it's a, this is a volcano just waiting to erupt. Now he's, let's just talk about it. He's, he's on this, you know, opt out year to where, you know, there's rumors he's going to go to the Knicks and get that maximum max contract. Uh, There's teams willing to give him the max, all this other stuff. And he goes out and he plays anyway. He puts it, he puts it all out there. Now, there's no doubt in the world that he felt pressured to go out and to perform and to save face and to make sure that people viewed him as a guy that wanted to play this game more than anything, a tough guy. And, and kudos for, for Kevin Durant and his competitive spirit for wanting to do that. And, and I would say thumbs down on the organization for putting him in that position of, of even letting him think that he could go out there and play with an Achilles injury, which you just never do. You just, you're not able to play with any sort of Achilles injury for a long, long time. And uh, there's reports that he, you know, that he even had horrible practice he looked horrible on the on the Achilles after you see a guy is not moving well is not practicing well with it you just don't you don't even first of all he shouldn't have even been practicing on it and then when the doctors cleared him that's that's asinine in its own in its own sense you can't clear dude with an Achilles injury but again they this is all a cover-up because they had said that he had some sort of calf injury um it just gets it gets crazier and crazier as I even speak about it and hear my spe- hear myself speak about it. Then the doctor gets up in the press conference after KD finally ruptures his Achilles completely. The doctor, the team medical doctor, is crying, acting very erratic. There's there's something in his behavior. That's, you know, a little guilty. There's something that's there. Um, and it's funny how, how Kerr dodged certain questions. And here's that medical doctor standing up taking, uh, taking uh, uh, the blame, but not really wanting to take the blame, uh, but definitely carrying a lot of guilt. There's, there's something there. So I don't know if it'll ever come out. But uh, definitely a travesty of how things were handled. And it definitely shapes the league for the next offseason. 
It's just something that I'm going to, uh, this offseason, which tends to be the, the it's going to be the most exciting offseason, and I'm going to be covering it the whole summer on this show. You know, some team is still going to give Kevin Durant the max. Um, three, three have been rumored to have said they are going to and going to offer him already, and that's at least three. There'll be more. Uh, but Kevin Durant won't be healthy for another, and I'm, I'm talking like almost full strength, like 80%, and probably another two years he'll be ready to go at, at his, his, his time and his, you know, feeling perfect again. Um, and perfect for him will be probably 80%. Um, this was a huge decision that was made. And uh, it's something that KD will, will have to live with ultimately. The Warriors will have to live with. Steve Kerr will have to live with. And the, the medical team staff. So uh, make sure you, you write in to me. Tell me what you think. You can go to my Instagram at Lewis space Edward space Belletta. You can give me a DM. You can also get me on Facebook on the same address. I would love to hear what you think. Getting into this NBA Finals, the ones that we just saw, because we're, we're going to get to the Clay Thompson injury. That's another devastating injury. But let's stay positive and congratulate the Toronto Raptors on their amazing win, no matter how hobbled the Warriors were. The Toronto Raptors showed heart, grit, and teamwork. And it took one team to beat another team. And, and both, that, the reason why I use the word team in quotes is that uh, both organizations are very selfless. Both play, um, both of those teams play with the ball moving and, and always make the extra pass. If you watch Toronto, they, I mean, we know the Warriors do it. The Warriors always lead the league in assists. But uh, the Toronto really always makes the extra pass they, they, even if a guy's open for three they'll they'll get an extra pass if the other the guy waiting on the wing or in the corner is even more open that pass will go to either you know Van Vliet or Siakam who's ever waiting out there uh, they just play wonderful team ball uh, Marcus Gasol even is a, a, a taller you know, one of the, the he's a center and and he knows he he can pass well. So this is a, a team that that really shares the ball well. And um, without further ado, we got to talk about Kawhi Leonard, the MVP of the series, who has led this team by action, not by words. That's why we respect Kawhi. Six Raptor players were in double figures. In this finals run, it's amazing. Six of them averaged double figures in points. And Kawhi was at the helm of everything, averaging 28.5 points per game. But ultimately, doing it on both ends, and that's what most players don't do in the NBA. Kawhi, probably the best defensive player in the NBA, involved in every defensive shuffle, block, Steal, help out defense. Kawhi is there. Remember, Michael Jordan called him the best two-way player in the game. And now Kyle Lowry, after the finals, called him the best two-way player in the game. And let's transition now into Mr. Kyle Lowry himself. It used to be said that Kyle Lowry was not the best playoff NBA player. I said it, too. There's a lot that's been said about his athleticism, his weight. But more than anything, Kyle Lowry proved everybody wrong, and he was steadfast, persistent, stuck at it, 
knocked down his his open threes, found the open man, and man, in this one, whew, he set the tone in game six, scoring 26 points, 10 assists, and seven rebounds. What a game for Kyle. Kyle did most of his point damage in the first half, first quarter even. Um, the Raptors were raining threes in that first quarter, and uh, the Warriors... The Warriors stuck with them the whole game. It was just a, a wonderful game. Uh, Clay Thompson had a wonderful game as well on the other side, uh, scoring 30 before he went out with that ACL injury. ACL injury that we're going to get to. It's unfortunate, but uh, hats off again to the Raptors for playing an exquisite, tough game on the road in Golden State. The last game in Oracle Arena, shutting down that arena for good with an L. Uh, Toronto, again, regardless of the Warriors' injuries, this is a tough-as-nails team. Kawhi Leonard fits this team absolutely perfect. I, For basketball-wise and for Toronto, I want this team to stay together. But if I might speak selfishly as a Knicks fan, I want Kawhi in New York. Man, I would love to start my team with Kawhi. Kawhi, at being the centerpiece, really sets the tone. For everybody else, uh, team first player, but he's a leader. You know, it's 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 hard to be a leader, the alpha dog, and also and also be a team first guy. And uh, Kawhi really does it. He takes the shots when you need him. He's willing to make the extra shot, the pass, but he's going to take the shots when you need him. He almost won this last game, uh, game five, uh, with a huge pull up three. Um, it was just at the end where when he got doubled, he couldn't pull up the shot. He couldn't pull up for the shot, which uh, he explained in the press conference. And the uh, ball swung around to Ky- uh, Kyle Lowry, who missed the three or got blocked at the end. Um, but Kawhi is always going to make that final play. He's the reason that they got here. I remember that that iconic bouncing in three in Toronto in Game Seven that that got them into the finals. Um, Kawhi's as as big of an alpha, that's why I always say he's as, he's as alpha as anybody gets. Quiet wolf, ready to attack. And, and man, um, I hope he stays in Toronto for the sake of the NBA. It's good for the NBA, yet uh, selfishly I want him in New York, please, especially with this Kevin Durant injury. The Warriors uh, severely hobbled right now. Uh, the the Warriors lost Clay Thompson to an ACL injury last game, and let's just let's just sit here and applaud Clay Thompson for give, for for being a real man, for being that Rocky character when he when he walked off the court after he was injured. Now, if let me just explain to you how bad an ACL injury is. Go go YouTube other guys and the way they react when they've they've gotten an ACL injury and and how they can't even move. Look at Clay. Clay not only comes back from the tunnel, hits two free throws, and wants to stay in the game and play with this ACL injury. It would have been one of the most storybook endings ever to watch him come back and play in a game with an ACL injury. Like, again, selfishly, you want to see drama or Netflix series, you know, tune right into the NBA because we had it last night. And and it sent chills up my spine to see... Clay come back and play. Um, what a tough dude. He res- he got so much of my respect yesterday 
from 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 showing himself and showing out, showing his heart. And Golden State Warrior fans, I know, really appreciated from their from their uh, reaction uh, to him walking out. And that uh, it's just too bad the injury was that severe. Now, uh, that being said, Clay Thompson is going to be out all of next year, probably. Kevin Durant will be out all of next year. Totally disassembles the the Warriors. That may, that leaves Draymond Green and Steph Curry in for next year. Now Draymond's contract is up in 2020, so Draymond will be playing all next year without his boys. Now, do, do you trade if you're the Golden State Warriors? Do you trade him for a small piece because you know he's probably going to walk in 2020? Um, I would make that decision. I would trade. I would if I was the the Warriors GM. I would trade. Uh, Draymond Green for to OKC, or I'll trade Draymond Green to uh, Portland. I think those are two teams he would fit in really well with. Teams that are ready made and have to win now, and uh, perfect teams for him to just plug in. Getting back to KD and his injury, the Knicks are rumored to have want to sign Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm against this signing. I know some NBA. Experts uh, are, are for this because they say Kevin Durant will bring other superstars. Um, I'm not a fan of this rationale. I, I say the Knicks shouldn't go down the same path again. You don't know how good KD is going to be when he comes back. Uh, and which superstar is going to want to just sit out, you know, know that this team isn't going to do well for the next year, speaking of the Knicks. Uh, so... You know, it's kind of a throwaway year without Kevin Durant. Uh, I don't see who and which superstar is going to be willing to come without KD playing this next season. It changes the landscape of things. If I'm the Knicks, I go after Kawhi Leonard. Um, I go after Kemba Walker. I don't know if Kemba's going to ever leave Michael Jordan, but uh, those are the guys I would eye up. Terry Rozier, um, you know, really good fits for this for the team and for the culture of this team. I, I, I used to be on the Kyrie bandwagon, but uh, not anymore. If Kyrie can't fit into the Celtics and that team organization, uh, what wonderfully ran organization, and he, he can't bring them further than what they were without him, I know, I'm not sure that, and, and especially his attitude. I'm not a fan of Kyrie's attitude. So, um, in all estimations, he's going to Brooklyn. Uh, it would be nice if Kyrie just took a trip to Brooklyn, and uh, I won't miss him one bit. So the Knicks have some options out there. Uh, the two most prominent that were on the board were obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie for the Knicks. They were rumored to have been talking and going to team up. Well, uh, things change. And the injury have changed the landscape of things. And this is business. This isn't uh, friendly, emotional things. So the Knicks should strap up and and uh, do the right thing. Uh, not go after these guys and go elsewhere. And if you can't make the right signing, don't make the signing. Um, there's, there's, there's options. Getting back to Toronto, all the people that are now saying, oh, well, you know, the Toronto Raptors beat a hobbled and injured Warrior team somehow diminishes uh, the Toronto Raptors' effort this year. I say that 
and I ask you to please remember the Warriors' first title when they defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers. Did you know that the Warriors defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers without Kevin Love and without a guy by the name of Kyrie Irving playing? So uh, no one was tearing down the Warriors all those years. So let's just keep this in perspective. Injuries happen. Things happen to teams. And and um, this is always going to be a part of sports because they're, they're human. They're humans playing around here. They're not robots. So the, the Raptors played the hand that they were dealt and the Warriors played the hand that, that, that they were dealt. And this came out to be a, um, a wonderfully pay, played finals regardless of injuries. And one team had to win, and that was the Toronto Raptors. Van Vliet throughout the playoffs and, and now into the finals showed to be Toronto's own John Starks. I mean, big shot after big shot. Van Vliet shown through. We got to really recognize his efforts as well as uh, Siakam's efforts. Young Siakam showing his improvement and, and also his improvement all throughout the playoffs and in the NBA Finals, watching his growth and maturity right in front of our eyes. Credit the coaching staff for trusting these guys. This was a team that was well put together, not bought. Uh, you can make the case that the Warriors are a bought team, you know, piling superstars, whereas the Raptors are this antithesis of a team that's well put together with guys that necessarily you wouldn't think that would that would show through and play like superstars if you saw them on paper yet in action and within the team frame they're able to to um, illuminate at times because of this this wonderful team structure that that the Raptors have move after move the that the Raptors gambled with uh, Ajiri the, the the president of basketball operations Seemed to have hit a grand slam. Marcus Saul, you know, with his his play that fits well into the Toronto Raptors schemes, uh, the gamble of getting rid of Demar Derozan, uh, getting bringing in Kawhi Leonard, um, so many moves proved to be genius for the Raptors. So although. This season seems to be in the books. The hottest season is just starting up. And I want you guys to come to stay tuned because this offseason is going to be the hottest offseason in the NBA of all time. And I'm going to be bringing you the latest from the inside, the scoops, the rumorville. You want to stay tuned. As I said, sit down, get your popcorn strap in. I want you to talk to me all the time on my Instagram, on my Facebook Lewis space Edward space Balletta B-A-L-L-E-T-T-A and I want you to talk to me about things you want to hear about uh, your opinions about the things I say tell me if I'm wrong I'd love to hear that <laughs> so uh, just stay with us because again this offseason is going to get hot and I will bring you Every free agent signing, uh, all of the trades, 
and uh, the draft is coming up. We have so much to get to. And remember, this is D Up Podcast. Go download it for free. Get your friends to download it and talk to me. This is Louis Belletta. Have a wonderful day. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.